asked in the past if I could ever soften my touch, go a little easier. And my answer has always been the same. Take it or leave it. Welcome to Breaking Vinyl. I'm your host, Dez, a.k.a. Johnny Fever. And as always, I'm jo Actually, today, can I be uh, Barry Champlain? Would that be okay with everyone? <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. As always, sure. I'm joined by my three co-hosts. First up, the podcaster coming through in high fidelity. Evil Ed. Ciao, motherfuckers. All right. And the podcaster playing the deep cuts. Dangerous Dave. Hey, hey, hey. And last but not least, the podcaster who parties at his company Christmas party with his pants down and his wee-wee out. Beaconstein. Hey. <laughs> okay. Were you that exciting at the Christmas party? That's the question everyone wants to know. Probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, and will you be returning to work on Monday? Definitely. Okay, yep. perfect. <laughs> Not after they hear that intro. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, the mission of this show is for us to introduce each other and you, the listener, to albums and bands which you may never have heard of before, while also discussing the classics. And on occasion, we will ruthlessly insult each other's musical taste. So sit back and try to enjoy the show. Tonight, we will be discussing Shake Your Moneymaker, the debut studio album by the Black Crows, produced by George Dracula. Draculus. Draculos. <laughs> uh, Fee, would you like to take a shot at that name? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> okay. I think it's Draculius. Whatever. Released yeah. on February 13th of 19... 19- Isn't that a Greek name, Des? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't Probably. you all about your Greek heritage and you can't pronounce another Greek name? No, it's bad. Yeah. It's bad. Uh, this album was released on February 13th of 1990 by Deaf American Records. The album peaked at the number four spot on the Billboard 200. I was surprised. I would have assumed this one hit number one probably more than once for more than one track, but apparently it did not. The band's lineup was as follows. On lead vocals, one Chris Robinson. On guitar, one Rich Robinson. On guitar, one Jeff Keese. Does that sound right, guys? <laughs> cease, on... maybe. Cease, yeah. Okay. I would say cease. Okay, cease it is. Uh, on bass guitar, Johnny Colt. On drums, Steve Gorman. And on the absolutely perfect piano and organ, Chuck Lavelle. Oh, God, I love this piano and organ. Uh, let's do some quick band facts on this one. I'll get us started. It is the only album that features the guitar work of Jess Cease. And I thought he was really good. I, I really, really, really enjoy these guitars. Both guys, really good. Uh, great sounds, great licks. The album is named after a classic blues song written by Elmore James. There you go. That's what I got, guys. Uh, Dave, talk about this album. What do you got? Formed in the Atlanta, Georgia area in 1984, the original name of the band was Mr. Crow's Garden. Uh, let's see. The album had five singles released, four of which had music videos, 
and uh, you mentioned Mr. Chuck Lavelle, uh, most famous for his work with the Allman Brothers and in the Rolling Stones touring band. He is fantastic on piano and organ. Okay, that makes sense then, because whoo, this album didn't give me the uh, Rolling Stone feels. And oh yeah, Stones, he's been Stones with the Stones for he's been with the Stones for a long time. Yeah, you could tell this album. I mean, honestly, you could have taken any member of this band. I mean, aside from Chris Robinson and and exchanged him out with somebody of the Rolling Stones, and it works just fine. <laughs> uh, is that all you got, Dave? Yep. Okay. Uh, Even some for everybody else. Okay. Uh, Ed, talk about it. Yeah, I, I don't have much. You guys covered most everything I got, but um, the band appears on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine's 605th issue, mm-hmm. which was May of 1991, following their firing from the ZZ Top Tour in March of that year. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, why did yeah. they get fired? Did you know? Yep, yep. Uh, why were they asked Rolling- to leave, Ed? What's that? Why were they asked to leave the tour? Do you know? I do not, and I probably should have looked it up, but like I said, I sure has something to do with Chris Robinson. Fee's got it. Fee's got it. Okay. Okay. Great, because that's all I got. Okay. Fee, why don't you open with uh, telling us why they got kicked off this easy top tour? It it basically had something to do with them being a bit outspoken about the commercialism of of rock and roll at the time. And, you know, they kind of say throughout that they, they write music for the Black Crows and nobody else, you know? So... This is a really cool fucking band. But yeah, ZZ Top just had enough of it because, you know, the tour is like sponsored by Budweiser and, and and some of this stuff. And they just they just spoke out a little too much against the commercialism of the of the tour. So, yeah, they didn't the like making actually, money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right like from the right. guys who had no money. Uh, if yeah. Budweiser would like to sponsor this show, uh, I'm selling out. <laughs> Take yeah. my PP. We will uh-huh. absolutely be financial whores. Okay. Go yep. Ahead. Yep. Totally. I mean, lucky enough for them, they were kicked out in Atlanta when they were when the band was in Atlanta. So <laughs> yeah. went home, worked out. Yeah, just went home. Um, so I, you know, I showed you guys a little bit of this before we started recording, and um, like I said last week, my wife is a huge Black Crows fan, and this was the 30, 30th anniversary special edition of, and it's the four album uh, version of this. Oh, wow. And man, they, they just put some cool stuff in here. And one of the things they put in here was this neat little book that gives you all kinds of of facts on the band, which was oh, cool. cool. And they actually also have a set list from uh, Mr. Crow's Garden when they toured as Mr. Crow's Garden in there too, which is awesome. That's badass. But uh, a couple of the facts that were that I thought were pretty funny and cool were uh, when they first made their first band in high school. Uh, they were called the Goo Goo Mucks, so which which is kind of weird. Yeah, the Goo Goo Mucks song. to Mr. Crow's Garden to the Black Crows, um, just rolls off the tongue. Totally, totally. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, kids, you know, we we were all fucking dumb like that when we were seventeen, you know. So uh, um, I was always a rocket scientist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a, po- a, a pocket rocket scientist. Ed, that's about it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, yes. And I'm glad you guys picked up on the Heavy Stones influence because in that book they mention how they wanted to make an album as great as Exile on Main Street by the Stones, which well, they is didn't, one of the things but that, it, they didn't. But I mean, that's not a knock on them. I mean, it's no. the Rolling Stones. They, yeah. yeah, they gave it a great try. 
<laughs> Stones in their prime. I don't know. Yeah. I rate this album pr- pretty fucking high, man. Oh, this is a good album. Fee. Um, <laughs> and uh, their dad was actually a musician as well and had a Billboard charts hit in 1959 called Booma Dip Dip. Couldn't find it. Haven't heard it. Don't know what it is. Question. You said their dad, yep. are these guys all brothers? Uh, Rich and Chris Robinson are. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. They write all the music. They do all the stuff. It's, you know, the. Yeah. For those Black that Crows weren't familiar, yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry, yeah, Chris and Rich Robinson are uh, our brothers, and their dad uh, did that. So yeah, um, one last. Well, I'm gonna. I got a couple facts sprinkled in with with some of the songs in here that we'll save for the tracks. So awesome, awesome, good, yeah. good stuff, Fee. Uh, and you totally redeemed yourself this week with this album pick. I was I was so excited for this one. Uh, <laughs> let's do some opening thoughts quickly on this one um so i am extremely familiar with this album i got the cd in 1990 upon its release and uh i've always loved it i mean fucking this is what i love about music it's amazing we'll get into it um so yeah i was excited when pete picked it uh dave what do you got on this one opening thoughts all right. Yeah, I got this uh, pretty much right when it came out on cassette. Uh, MTV oh, nice. was huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I didn't get on CDs until the mid-90s or so. <laughs> right. uh, MTV was huge, and these guys had a couple singles out and videos on MTV. They looked cool. Uh, I got the tape and played it often. Uh, didn't follow them as much as their career went on. They kind of went a little too uh, hippie for me. But this album was a perfect bridge from 80s rock. Uh, they were sort of a throwback, not quite as metal as Guns N' Roses, um, and a little more classic than a band like the Choir Boys, oh, yeah. who are all good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, Ed, familiar with the album all the way through? Uh, I am not, actually. I've never actually listened to this album all the way through. Holy shit. Yeah, I knew all the hits, obviously, uh, and I heard a, a couple of the other tracks, but the tracks that I didn't hear, I'm kind of like, ugh. Okay, glad I didn't hear him back then. What? But uh Yeah. Oh God, you're such a magoo. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with you? I didn't hate him <sighs> at all. I think it's a. It, this is a really good bluesy rock album. Um, I just, I don't know. I was hoping for more variety. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The only thing I would agree with there is I would have been open to a little more variety on Chris Robinson's vocals. I, I and I was fine with it. What he did was fucking amazing but i kind of wish on a couple of tracks he had broken out of the formula he had discovered for this album which yes. was really great great absolutely. formula absolutely but i just wish he had experimented a little bit more vocally here and there but that's a nitpick uh Fee, talk about it yeah i don't have a lot to talk about with this as far as you know obviously i've heard it front to back several times over the years um I just my my initial memory of this is I was at a house party, Abington, Massachusetts, nice. circa nineteen ninety. You know, and uh, <laughs> good times, I was with brother. <laughs> one of one of my brothers, and we're, you know we're all just sitting around a table talking, and all of a sudden someone's like, "You guys got to hear this!" And conversation just stopped for like thirty minutes while we listened to this album. It was that good, yeah. And, and I was hooked, you know, instantly went and got it. Good stuff. Nice. All right. Uh, so I would like to welcome our new listeners. We've got uh, 
some listeners in the Northern Mariana Islands. So uh, to our listeners there, I'm not exactly sure where you are, but sounds cool. Welcome to Breaking Vinyl. And we've also got some new listeners in Switzerland, the home of the Alps, where they ski and eat chocolates. No? Ricola. Oh, Ricola. There it is. Ricola. So send me back Ricola. I actually Maybe, love I No, I love Ricola. I, the, the king of all throat lodgings. <laughs> okay. And, and, and just so you know, Des, there's yeah. the Swiss Alps, there's the Italian Alps, there's the French Alps. They're all the Alps. How, how exciting. Okay. <laughs> so here we go. We're going to try something today. A uh, little segment I've whipped up. Um, so this is going to be called the fast five. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give each co-host two choices and they're just going to tell me which one they prefer. And they're going to be different topics and different, different things. So today the fast five is going to be the eighties versus the nineties. Okay. And I'm going to go to fee first. So fee, you're just going to tell me what you prefer. Here are your two choices. Cum shot or cream pie. Go. If you're saying I have to choose, we'll go. We'll go. No, don't. Wait, wait, wait. You need to explain this again to no. me because I am completely lost now. What? Dude, I, I just say it was a joke. I just wanted to see if you would answer the question. It has nothing to do with the game. <laughs> he was going to answer. I should have let him answer. Ed, you blew it. All our listeners are under edge of their seats right now like, what, what is it? What does is, what is Fee do? And now we'll never know. It's a mystery. Nope. I think it's better left a mystery if you keep it to yourself. <laughs> Sick fuck. Okay. So here we go. I'm going to start with Dave. Dave. <clears throat> yes, Madonna sir. or Madonna or Pink? Madonna. Okay. Madonna. Um, Ed. Madonna or Pink? Pink. Oh, yeah. Um, Fee? Uh, 80s Madonna over anything. Yeah. I think I like Pink a little more as an artist. I think she's a little more talented, but I have to go with Madonna. I mean, come on. It's fucking Madonna. Desperately seeking Susan. I'm in love. Mm-hmm. Number two. Um, Dave, back to the future or hot tub time machine? Oh, back to the future all the way. No question. Okay. Ed, same question. Yeah, back to the future. And Fee. That, that, this is more challenging than it should be. Right? Because I love hot tub time machine. Me too. But... But it's got to be Back to the Future. Yeah. I'm with you, Fee. I want to say Hot Tub Time Machine. I mean, we've got Motley Crue. We've got fucking <laughs> Motley Lou. It's fucking great. <laughs> yeah. But I have to go Back to the Future. Uh, yeah. Number three, Dave. New Kids on the Block or the Backstreet Boys? Oof. Um, I don't know. Backstreet. All right. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you're right on this one. Ed, what do you got? Yeah, Backstreet Boys 100%. Yeah. Feet. So I got to, I'm not sure if this is Backstreet Boys or not, but I, I took thing. a picture of something online. Um, yeah. And the, this is a, this is something I just saw on the internet one day. And it says, there's not a day that goes by where I don't think about the, that Backstreet Boy asking his pals, am I sexual? And they're like, yeah. It's got to be the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay, so it's a sweep on the Backstreet Boys there. Number four, Dave, Bauhaus or Marilyn Manson? Got to go classic goth Bauhaus. Oh, for sure. Ed. Who? 
Okay, just just <laughs> take a stab. I guess Marilyn Manson, since I didn't even hear the other. Oh, band. okay. Uh, the first choice was Bauhaus. Never heard of him, so I'll go what? Marilyn Manson. Oh, Why do you do a music show? Why? 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 Oh, <laughs> funny. Uh, feet, go go listen to that on your off time. Feet, um, same question. Yeah, it, can I do neither? Uh, no, that's not I a choice. Fucking can't stand either. Okay, listen. But, All right, uh, here's your choice. Here's yeah. your choice. If you want to skip this one, then you have to answer the first question I asked you. <laughs> Bauhaus, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and the final question is, <clears throat> Dave, Seinfeld or The Office? Oh, it's oh, a good one. Uh, Seinfeld. Okay, uh, Ed. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be Seinfeld. I think it's got to be the office. It just makes me feel that much more uncomfortable. So, yeah. I'm the biggest Seinfeld fan in the entire world. And that's the only reason I can't say the office because I also love the office, but it's Seinfeld. Okay, guys. So I think it's unanimous. uh, The 80s bitch slapped the 90s today. Uh, Did you have fun with that? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. 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 All right. I should be producing some lowbrow show. Oh, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So we are going to go to the mailbag today since we actually got some fucking mail. Uh, Today's mail was sent to us by longtime listener and friend of the show, Seamus. Uh, Fee, we please read his, uh, his email. Yeah, yeah. Seamus says, uh, finally finished listening to this one. Look, I'm a big rap fan, but there's no way Out of the Cellar is better than Back in Black. I disagree. Uh, I was a sophomore in high school when Back in Black came out, and if you weren't listening to it or didn't have an ACDC t-shirt, regardless of whether you went to see the the concert, you were an outcast. Back in Black for me is about as close to a 100-watt perfect record. Giving it a score below 90 is criminal, Dave. And, uh, and uh, I can listen to this album on repeat and have it play through multiple times. And I actually did once on a drive from Philly to North Carolina. I think it played through four times, definitely three. Uh, no way does it deserve to be behind Rat. And I could make a case for it being ahead of Van Halen too. For Cripe's sake, they have a cover on that record. Should be no worse than a tie. Yes. Uh... Seamus, I agree with everything you said. This ACDC Black and Black should be our number one album right now. I know I said that I'd rather listen to Rat Out of the Cellar than that, but that's just a stylistic choice that I would choose, like, just driving around on a Saturday. I just want to fucking be, like, you know, screaming stupid, mindless rat songs. I love ACDC Black and Black. It's a better record. You're right. Fuck. If those guys didn't drop the ball, these fucking three Magoos I work with, I gave it 100 watts. Let the record show that. Okay, would you guys like to defend yourselves or shall we move on? I don't need to defend myself. I gave that like a 97. No, you were in the pocket. I was talking today. Yeah. <laughs> yep, no, my uh, my score stands. Okay, at least Dave's for Bauhaus. Okay. Dave redeemed himself. I agree with it's, it's It should be the number one album. It shouldn't. It's way better than Van Halen with the fucking stupid Ice Cream Man song and no. fire. Yes. Okay. Nope. Okay. We'll agree to disagree. Let's get into the track breakdown. Track number one, Twice as Hard. I will get us started. So I love on this one how the opening guitar riff breaks to two guitar player rule that we've seen so many times on this show. This guitar riff is panned at 12 o'clock. I loved it. 
And I loved it because when the track kicks in, the two guitar players go hard left and right. And these guys are playing some fucking great guitars, some slide, some Rolling Stones licks, some Rolling Stones notes. Oh, I'm, I'm in heaven. I'm, I'm jizzing in my pants at this point. Um, we get a hint of piano. They build this piano up like a crescendo. <laughs> Can you spell that? Um, throughout the album. Really good. Thank you. <laughs> the, vo- <laughs> the vocals, the lyrics, everything is cool. I fucking love this song. I, I learned a new word last night on uh, break- on uh, Hey, did you ever see that movie? Uh, a vignette. A vignette is a small story in a group of stories. Uh, I was calling it a vinaigrette and I got yelled at, but it's a vignette. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true, yeah, true story. True story. Um, Dave, what do you got on the first track? The uh, this song twice as hard was released as a single in 1990 and released uh, reached excuse me the 11th position in the mainstream rock charts. Uh, song opens with a growling, snarling guitar. Sounds like uh, Open G Keith Richards tuning. The high chord hits just right, and then the song kicks in. Uh, Chris Robinson comes in strong, and they hit that chorus right about the one minute mark. You get it all in this first song. Uh, what you're in for during this album. Stones, the faces, a little 60s soul. Uh, guitar solo is not flashy, but does the job just fine. And let's not overlook the great backups, who I'm assuming is uh, Laura Kramer, credited with background vocals. And she toured with uh, Billy Joel and Bruce Hornsby, Kid Rock, Eric Clapton, you know, more. Um, she's credited a backing vocalist on multiple albums, uh, including uh, Billy Joel's Piano Man. Wow. Uh, Dave, you put one slippery, quick-licked fucking guitar solo on this album, and it it spoils it for me. Spoils it. I'm so glad they didn't do it. Not one track. Not one track did they go 80s fucking metal guitar, and I'm so glad they they didn't do it. Not not one finger tap. Not one (laughs) finger tap, and not one whammy bar on a single guitar, and I love it. Um, Ed, what do you got on this one? Uh, What's the name of the song, Des? (laughs) <laughs> you know, no, did I? <laughs> uh, twice as hard. That's what she said. Oh, Here's your credit to the there office. You go. <laughs> okay, nice uh, uh, and you said you weren't going to bring anything today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this song, I remember the first time I heard this song, and it was just, wow. Uh, it was such a refreshing change of pace for the music scene that was out there. And, uh, you know, it's got that great soulful opening riff. It sets a perfect tone for the album to come. Uh, then the band and vocals kick in, and it's just absolutely beautiful. It's really just, it's a, such a well-written song. Makes you feel something different every time you hear it. Yeah, agreed. Fee, talk about it. Oh, yeah, this, this song is a total playlist. Perfect perfect song that that opening riff is killer just get what a way to introduce yourselves to the world you know like and we i know we've said that a lot with like rat and you know a couple other bands and stuff and they they bring it on this one um a a, a fun little fact on this is a couple years ago there was a beer released called twice as hard Hmm. from this california brewer called uh cali craft or something like that where they make limited edition beers and uh the knock on it was it's like this really mellow, like American lager beer, you know? So you think when you hear it twice as hard, it's going to be this like hard hitting, like heavy, like IPA type. Nope. 
not twice as hard ale. It was just a nice, crisp, cool, refreshing American ale. Did it like have it. twice the alcohol? Nope. Nope. What so, it just like a like a Budweiser. Yeah. Oh. Was, yeah. Gross. In case you guys were curious, I would prefer to cream pie my wife, but she won't let me. So. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna kill you. <laughs> okay, track number two, jealous again. Oh god, I fucking love this show. I love it. Oh, just turn it off if you don't like it right now. The, just... the stress that must have been eating at you to wait to say that. Like you're holding out, holding out, holding out. They like, I just gotta go. I know I shouldn't have said it. Track number two, jealous again. So this is the song I believe that introduced me to the Black Crows. I think this is the one that actually drew me in and wanted to just buy this record and just devour it. Uh, we get the really cool Rolling Stones feel from the band on this track. I love the breakdown before the uh, short piano solo, which I also thought was really great. And again, they really feathered this piano in perfectly. They didn't like hit you over the head with it. It's a piano solo. But it's not like, you know, like Jerry Lewis or something. It's just, it fits the song appropriately. Again, great lyrics, really cool vocals. The final verse over the single guitar came out of nowhere. And I've heard the song a million times. When it happened, I went, wow, that's a really cool choice to make there. So, yeah, I loved it. Um, Dave, what do you got? This was the debut single off the album. So stonesy. Good lyrics. Uh, sounds like Chris Robinson is singing his own backup vocals here. Good song. I uh, love the hand claps and guitar solo at the end. The song reached number 75 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 and number 5 on the Billboard album Rock Tracks Charts. Uh, then I found something interesting while I was doing research for this. Uh, 2008, the Black Crows filed... <laughs> a lawsuit against country singer Gretchen Wilson, claiming that she infringed upon their copyright for the song Jealous Again for her song Work Hard, Play Harder. Uh, terrible title, by the way. Uh, the lawsuit was eventually settled out of court for an undisclosed sum, and Chris and Rich Robinson were giving songwriting credits. I checked it out so you don't have to. Nice. Number one, she totally ripped off the fucking Black Rose. And okay. number two, her song sucks. Okay. So does New Country. <laughs> Fuck that nice. song. Nice, nice, um, <clears throat> In case anybody's wondering, you're listening to the uh, last podcast, and it goes to the part where we um, are going to let you listen to Rick James and Michael Jackson back-to-back and make your own choice. We got snagged on the uh, copyright infringement, and I had to remove it from the show, so that's why it's not there if you get to that part and you can't hear it. Um, oh, man. Yeah, fucking pussies. <laughs> um, Ed, what do you got? Uh, first off, I'd like to say I didn't know Jerry Lewis played piano. <laughs> hey, lady. <laughs> hey, Stinger. Okay. You mean Jerry Lee Lewis? Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, I thought, the, I thought the Lee was implied. I thought the Lee was implied. <laughs> we know what you mean. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm pretty sure a lot more people know Jerry Lewis than Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> not on the music podcast okay what do you got all right uh jealous again uh another great opening guitar riff this song has such a smooth smooth groove i love it 
I mean, it is just so good. And then you nailed it, Des, with the piano. It is the perfect amount of piano for this genre, I think, in what they were trying to get across for this song. Yeah, really oh, good. Perfect, perfect. Can you imagine this album with Tyler from the Dogs Demore singing it? How good it would have been. Fee, what oh, your thoughts? Jesus Christ, <laughs> I would, I would melt my fucking albums if he was singing on it. Okay. Um, I can't uh, wait till yeah. you pick him to replace. I'm not going. Oh. <laughs> Chris Robinson. <laughs> I'm going basic. Don't do it, please. Don't do it. Uh, no, and and I do. I took a chance on this song because my my note was about the Gretchen Wilson track too, and I was like, Dave's probably gonna find this, but fuck it, I'm going with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I and I listened to it too, and you know, I'm I'm not a big fan of country. I do like her voice though. Like her, her Gretchen Wilson's got a pretty neat voice for me, but uh, yeah, total rip off and. You know, don't don't waste your time listening to it unless you like country. But uh, them getting writing credits for it tells you all you need to know about the about the track. So yeah, ripped. Yeah, but total total playlist, great track. Cool. Um, track three, Sister Luck. So this track opens with my favorite style of guitar playing, and that goes both for the lead and the rhythm. Like these are just the licks that make that give me the feels. Like this is the kind of guitar playing I love when I'm not listening to Warren Martini shredding fucking rat albums. But yeah, I mean, this is, this is like how I want to play this. This whole album is how I want to play. This is how I want to write music. This is what I want my shit to sound like, you know, fortunately most of the time it doesn't, but the piano work on this song and the whole album. Perfect. We get more great vocals, great lyrics. Um, the overall flavor again, feels very Rolling Stones to me. And did you guys pick up on the kind of give me shelter feel on this one song? Oh yeah. Yeah. I felt it. I felt it big time. Not a ripoff. Not a ripoff. Just a a say song. Huh? Fee? Say song? Huh? Use that one, right? Uh so yeah. Love the song. Love the song. <laughs> Dave, what do you got? Yeah, we bring things down a bit here. Uh little little vibey. Uh really traveling to Sticky Fingers territory here, the uh Stones album, you know, just just that vibe. You're uh, right on that. It's a nice song, good chorus, uh, another perfectly good guitar solo. Like it. Yeah. So, Dave, do you think that Motley Crue, Too Fast for Love's album cover ripped off the Sticky Finger album cover? Hmm. Let's hmm. see. <laughs> okay. Maybe a little. Okay. And I, only it didn't have the cool zipper. But you know what would have been cool if they had had Vince's leather pants, if they had had, like, actual string that tied up the crotch? like on those lip service bands and you could have like sure. untied it and then seen what was in there. I don't know. Ed, go ahead. <laughs> I don't even know what. Yeah. Okay. Oh, for God's sakes. Uh, you know what? Another guitar opening and I was kind of like done with it. I'm like, okay, two, two songs in a row have guitar openings. And then you throw a third one, right? It's, I'm like, no, I wish it was either a full band intro or a piano opening. Um, you know, especially because this is a soulful and emotional song. I really wish it was more piano focused and guitar focused. Yeah. I think it would have been a better band vibe and song vibe, you know, because it's, I love, love the guitar work throughout this album, but it got too much and too much of the same, I felt. And this, I thought, was a great opportunity where they could have let the piano take more of the lead let the vocal melody take more of the lead 
and because especially because the guitar chords are so full of flavor. Mm. But I think they're too upfront for the song. I think they should have been pulled back and just let the piano be more upfront. That's with my that. opinion on it. And something you just said kind of triggered a little thought in my fucking tiny mind. So there's a band called the Red Hot Chili Peppers that I, I love and I love listening to it. But I feel like sometimes Anthony Kiedis gets caught up in this formula that he created. And it starts to all kind of sound the same, like the melodies yes. and the stylistic choices he makes in his vocal performances. Started getting the feel from Chris Robinson that sort of that started to happen on the album a little bit. And it doesn't mean I don't love it, but I just, again, you know, I there, like you said, there's so much melody and so much music in these songs that there's so many directions you could go melody-wise. And you also yeah. said, one of you guys said that you thought maybe he was doing his own vocal harmonies. I yeah, feel Dave. like if that's true, maybe this isn't his strong point and they should have let somebody else maybe back him up a little bit and try and fool around with some other melodies and harmonies. And I also wish they had brought in a little bit more of the female background vocals to spice up what he was doing a little bit. But these, again, are small nitpicks. Pete, what do you got? You know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about what, what you just said, Ed, and I, I think that would be pretty cool, you know, to, to change it up a little bit. But I think, like, I mean, at the time, they're, they're a young band, you know, and they're uh, trying to, you know, trying to figure it out. And they... um you know, they were formed by Chris and Rich Robinson, singer, guitarist. So they're, those songs are going to be heavy vocal, heavy, you know, heavy guitar driven. And that's just, that's just their style, you know? And, and you totally nailed it, especially they were young. And yeah. when you're young, you're, you want to be found. It, and it seems, it just like the whole vibe of the album. And I completely understand it, especially the way you just said it. They were looking to, Hey, look at me. This is what I can do, yep. love it or leave it. And I just wish this is where having a great producer and possibly an arranger would have benefited them a little more and maybe just developed a, a better version of a good song. Right. Sure, sure. But nonetheless, I still think this is a great playlist song for me. Like this is, they bring it good, good blues storytelling here, you know? Yeah. It was good, good Agreed. track. Fee, where do we flip this album if we were going to flip it? What song is uh, the last song on side let's A? A? Let's take a look. So I don't know if you guys, the uh, listeners, noticed last week I added a little um, Tom Petty telling you where we would be flipping this album if uh, we were actually listening to it on vinyl to kind of give you guys at home an idea of you know how the album was formatted originally. Seeing things. Seeing things would be seeing things the, is last track on side A. Okay, exactly where I would flip it. Yeah, yep. and not because it's ten tracks. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, track four could have been so by. So this one felt like a nice blues filler song on the album until it hit the chorus, and when it does, I fall in love with this track. This fucking chorus, oh fucking loved it it elevated the entire song up to the level of the other hits on the album for me loved it every inch of a song doesn't have to be a hit to make it a hit in my eyes as long as the chorus gets me there we're there and this one got me there uh dave what do you got all right they have a uh, nice uh, thing in the beginning here they do first verse pre-chorus 
the sort of tease going into the chorus, but then into verse two. And then they give you that chorus the second time. Um, these guys know how to cook as a band. Uh, nice guitar solo. And uh, check out those sweet drum fills that pass by before you really notice them. There's some good mm. work on there. Yeah, for sure. Ed. Yeah, Des, you nailed it. Uh, you know what? This is a bit of a different opening to the song. Still guitar, but it's more of an empty sound with the lead vocals as the focus. So it kept me interested. And the verse is not as flowing as I was hoping, but you nailed it, man. That chorus is so good. Uh, I think that chorus just, it, it kept me hooked on the song because I was ready to just, I'm like, ah, uh, this might be, this might be the worst song for me. And then when that chorus came in, I'm like, fuck, nope, yeah. there it is. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's such a cool chorus because it's not bubblegum or like radio friendly. It's just yeah. good. Uh, Fee, what do you got? Yeah, this this song live is incredible. The energy they bring during a track like this, and you know, I made it rated a little bit higher because of that. But it's another fucking great song, another playlist song. Uh, just just really cool tune live. Fun to be there when these guys are are doing it. Nice. So we're like eighty six percent male viewers, and like fucking like fourteen percent female. If that, I think after this show. Some of my comments, I think we're going to, that, that ratio is going to bump up a little more <laughs> towards the guys and we might've lost a few females. I know we lost my wife today, so there we go. Uh, <laughs> can't imagine why. Sorry, ladies. Fine. Either that or she'll come home and be like, hey, I never knew. <laughs> okay. Uh, track five. <clears throat> Seeing things. So I am a sucker for a good organ. <laughs> Hey! <laughs> <laughs> That's what you said. Yeah. Oh fuck! The guitars are beautiful. Musically, this track is like silk. And again, I want to ask you guys. I, I had another song in my mind that kind of popped in as I was listening to this. It felt like Purple Rain, right? Did you guys feel that? A little Purple Rain here? No, Ed didn't no? catch it. Okay, no. I, it just felt like it. It had like some of the same. I don't know, builds, feels, uh, just, I don't know. Uh, sure. Yeah. So when it hits the soulful chorus with the female backing vocals, I'm sold. I loved it. I loved the chorus. And it was one of the few times on this album where they pushed the woman up a little bit and it really enhanced Chris's vocal for me. It made it sound better, you know, and I wanted more of that on the album. It popped. Uh, Dave, what do you got? Here's an old-timey soul ballad. Uh, Otis Redding and Wilson Pickett were in the ballpark here. Uh, it builds nicely in the pre-chorus. Uh, you can argue that the chorus copies a little or a lot from the uh, Joe Cocker version of uh, With a Little Help from My Friends, but you know we'll let that slide. It's good. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, Chris Robinson keeps singing higher, almost out of his range, but it's very emotionally effective. I like it. Yeah, I heard that too. Little pushed, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ed. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, finally, here it is. I wish this was the third song to break up the similar sound of the previous songs. Something different. I loved it. The organ tone with the slow picking guitar and then the piano on top of that. It just melted my soul. Honestly, if this was moved up two spots, 
I think it would have had the album flow a little bit more. It would have broken up the guitar intro, guitar intro, guitar intro, just same song, same song, same song. And not same song that it's copycat so much as same song, same vibe. Same formula. Yeah, there you go. And and this is changing. It was so great. I think Chris's vocals ache as he sings this. Uh, You can't not feel emotion listening to the song. It is just there. The chorus... So huge and beautiful, my heart's breaking. Listen to it. It was I love the song. Yeah, I did too. So, did you guys ever see the movie Talk Radio? Did you even understand what I was saying when I said I want to be Barry Champlain today? Nope, I have not seen it. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe check it out. It's a great movie, Barry Champlain. He's a talk radio host in Texas that gets murdered at the end of the show. It's based on a true story, and he's a fucking lunatic that says shocking things that just I think I've seen that. everybody. I'm so, pretty yeah. sure I've seen that. There you go. So uh, that's where the uh, intro of the show came from. Guys are all like, what? What, what are you doing <laughs> the intro of the show? Okay. Pete, we talk knew it was something. <laughs> talk about the song. Uh no, this song's great. Obviously a playlist track, but um, I kept looking to see if this was a cover. I'm like, this has got to be a cover of something, you know? And I couldn't find anything, but maybe Dave, you're right that it sounds like that Joe Cocker track. I don't I don't know uh, what got me. This is the one point in the show where they actually let you breathe. Like they, because they bring so much energy live that like, oh, thank God they played this. I need to catch my breath for a minute and, you know, get <laughs> yeah. back. Uh, but yeah, I love the song. It's great. So it's not a cover. I, I couldn't find anything on it. No, no. Just Everywhere a rip-off. I looked. All right, I like it. Yeah, just kind of a ripoff. Yeah. I cool. I believe it is credited to them on the songwriting and just has that, uh, you know, has all that flavor of of the 60s soul. And... Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, it didn't feel like anything I'd ever heard before. I mean, specifically, just a flavor, like you said. Um... Hello, CD listeners. We've come to the point in this album where those listening on cassette or records will have to stand up or sit down and turn over the record or tape. In fairness to those listeners, we'll now take a few seconds before we begin side two. Thank you. Here's side two. Track six. First song on side B. Hard to handle. So this is a perfect rock and roll song. It just is. It's catchy from the second it starts to the last note. Every bit bridge, verse, chorus, guitar solos, everything. Uh, this is my favorite vocal performance on the album. Not my favorite lyrics, my favorite vocal on the album. Uh, the track is full, top to bottom, with everything I love about music. I just love this track. It's great. Uh, Dave, we got uh, the song was originally sung by Otis Redding. I uh, listened to his original for comparison. His voice is, of course, amazing. Uh, music track is a little stiff. Uh, the Crows version is a little more fast and loose, good guitar layering. Uh, recording engineer Brendan O'Brien, who later became an A-list record producer for likes of uh, Springsteen and Pearl Jam, actually played the solos on this song. Uh, according to Rich Robinson, uh, Jeff took off from the studio and went back home to Nashville. And then uh, they decided they wanted a guitar solo on the song. So uh, this this guy did it, their recording engineer at the time. These guitar solos are the best on the album. They are badass with an expert touch for timing, 
spending and feel. Um, I listened to the 30th anniversary edition remix with the horns added. I did not like that one so much. I uh, originally found that uh, when I heard it on the radio and I had to go look it up. I don't remember there being horns on this song. Uh, and then I found out that they were, you know, doing the uh, special edition here. Kind of sounds like a high school marching band played on it rather than a, you know, Stax Records horn section to me. Uh, but I listened to it so you don't have to. Again, you're welcome. <laughs> Stick with the original. <laughs> I gotta listen to it. You you guys know I love the brass, so I didn't know this existed. I need to go hear it with brass and make my own decision on that. Uh, so, Dave, did Lisa enjoy our breakdown of Husking Gunsking Hugging Dice? Sure, she did. Okay. She, she knew that was kind of the way it was going to go. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> and did she admit to trying to steal our souls? No. Okay. Ed, what do you got on this song? What about casting spells? Oh, she cast a spell. <laughs> like she did. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Hard to handle. Uh, monster song. I mean, anyone who's a musician who plays bars has played this at one point in their life. It is just a great fun song full of energy. It's, it's, it's all you can really say about it. I mean, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's, it's such a great tune. Uh, yeah. I just, I love every time it comes up in a set list that I've played, I'm like, uh, you know what, as much as I think it's so open, like it, it follows such a great f- flow that, there's so much room for ad lib. And I think if you do ad lib correctly and don't try to trample all over it, it makes the song even more fun to play. So uh, I just, I love the song. Cool. Feet. We got. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this is a great, great playlist song. And, you know, I find it funny that how music evolves over the years and changes and like, like it's all about interpretation with a track like this. And, yeah, I've heard a lot of different versions of it. This is my favorite, but uh, uh, I just I just love it, and and it's it's hard to believe when I was doing a little research for this that this was a B side for Otis Redding uh, when he when he released it. You know, it wasn't even a wasn't even the main go to track. You know, it wasn't the just a just a B side, and now it's arguably the Black Crow's most famous song. You know, yeah, yeah, it's a good just one. cool, just cool track. It's a good one. Track seven, Thick and Thin. Um, So as a guitar player, how can I not love this intro? These are fucking ripping guitars, right? Um, I love the guitar riff in the bridge, specifically. The rhythm guitar riff they're playing. It's it's really cool. Um, It is definitely a bit of a filler song, but it's a fun track. And it, I mean, it moves. If you're going to put a filler song on an album, make it good, make it hot, and make it quick. Like don't drag it out and try and make it something. It's not, they weren't trying to disguise it. They just said, here's a track. It rips. Enjoy. It's over. Move on. Dave, what do you got? Yeah. we got some more stonesy groove here. Uh, rip this joint off of exile of main street, exile on main street. 
anyone uh it's got a similar feel there but they uh do a great job they have the feel necessary to pull this off great breakdown the uh, kick drum and shakers keep everything moving nicely uh good song and then you have your classic tambourine throw at the end yeah <laughs> clattering so on good. the floor i loved it i loved yep. it ed what do you got yeah I, yeah I can live without that car crash intro it's oh, just, come on. It's fun. It's like, why? It, it was stupid. Uh, but this is a great rock and blues tune. It it The flow and energy is great. It makes you realize these guys are a great bar band that made it big. Like, like they just, it reminds me of, it's, I hear the song, I see myself in just some little tiny bar going, this band fucking kicks ass. Ed, it didn't bother me till you said something. Car Crash really doesn't belong on this album. No, not at all. Kind of so doesn't. Like now that you said it is, yeah, kind of out of place. Like maybe not a great choice. Fee, what do you got? Well, fuck you all. I think it's a great choice. Okay. Um, maybe it doesn't fit right here at the beginning of this song, but this is another amazing live song. And just to kind of pile on that, uh, I I saw these guys. One of the first times I saw them was at the uh, Hampton Beach Casino up in New Hampshire. And that's mm. a nice small place up there. But it's not a and casino. Was, those fucks. No, oh, I know. and it's not a small place. It's 2,200, I think, capacity. I got wow, dragged up like there to see a really see small Jet place. Yeah. On the hopes that I was going to be gambling, and I got there and found out <laughs> that I was just going to be seeing Jet. Uh, well, the good news is now there are casinos, just not in the casino ballroom. Right. Yeah. Sorry, Fee. Go ahead. My bad. But, no, it's all good. It's all good. And believe me, I was I was just as disappointed at the time. But uh but yeah, it, it, I don't know. It felt like a really small place to me, huh? maybe because I was about eight feet from the stage and com- completely annihilated just dancing to these guys all night. But uh, with that car crash, you know, in the interest of uh, following up with their youth, uh, one of the guys, not in the band, I don't believe, but uh, they recorded that by driving this guy's Dodge Dart into a dumpster outside of the studio. Oh, shit. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... I was like, okay, yeah, because I I thought it was kind of off, you know, a little bit off. And then when I was, you know, listening, reading through my book here, and uh, I was like, yeah, pretty cool, pretty cool story. Dude, can you imagine Fee dancing to the Black Crows at the casino ballroom? Like you're you're at the bar with your wife, and you see Fee over there. Like like, like what kind of dance is Fee doing? Like, are you getting like like is it just maybe like a little toe tap and like an ass wiggle, or are you like going for it? <laughs> No, I Depends. think the, the 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 bigger question is just fee in a mob of people. Yeah. How his anxieties and through the roof, going, don't touch me, stay away from me. <laughs> lots of alcohol, lots of alcohol. Oh, yeah. Oh. Holy shit! Some people drink, yep. some people take Z sleeping pills. Okay, <laughs> track number eight. She talks last night. So yesterday, this is a true story. Yesterday, I start fucking like I'm fucking freaking out about something in the bedroom. Ah, going crazy. My wife looks at me and she goes, show me on the doll where the bad man touched you. So I pointed to a couple of spots. <laughs> <laughs> and, she, and she hugged me and said, it's okay. <laughs> uh, track eight, she talks to angels. <clears throat> so these are my favorite lyrics on the album. Uh, these lyrics are fucking just, they're over the top great. Uh, another perfect song, beautiful guitar intro. Uh, just, uh, I mean, what can I say? It's fucking great. And then you add the organ on top of it, <laughs> and I love it. Dave, what do you got? 
Well, we got acoustic guitar tuned to open E. Gorgeous sound. This is what an acoustic guitar is supposed to sound like on a record. Uh, vocal comes in very up front with just a touch of classic reverb in the background. The band kicks in and it is stellar. Great groove. Music is simple but effective. The lyrics are very descriptive. Uh, we have engineer Brendan O'Brien again uh, coming into play. He actually played organ on this track because uh, Chuck Lavelle had done all his stuff and he left. Um, and then they decided, hey, well, what would it sound like if we put an organ track on this song? And Chuck was already gone. Uh, so Brendan uh, offered to pitch in and come up with something and he he played that and that's what we hear on the record according to rich robinson um, the 30th anniversary version uh, contains an early version of the song that is interesting here uh, just voice and guitar and they're still sort of searching for the right melody but it's uh, fun to listen to but yeah i love nice. this song yeah really good uh ed what do you got <clears throat> yeah every time i hear this song it is just pure gold for me. This is just, this is such a perfect song. The story, the music, everything about it, I think is perfect. I mean, it just, it, it makes you feel exactly the way they're trying to have you feel. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's just, I love it. It's, it's so much emotion blew me away, but still blows me away every time it comes on the radio. Yeah, it's great. I mean, this album, man, you take a couple of tracks off of this album, take two tracks off this album and rewrite one of the songs, and you've got almost a perfect album, almost a 100-watt album. And I mean, that's yeah. like being like, you know, if you want to really break it down and be picky and say that every song has to be great, they were close. They were close. Fee, what do you got? Yeah, I think so too. Uh, this is kind of like the, you know, I have a thing for like the 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 top known tracks for artists. And this is that with me. I love the song, but I'm, I'm kind of sick of it. I've heard it 10 billion times, you know? And so uh, don't, don't get me wrong. I didn't, I didn't skip it in, at any point this week, but, um, but it's great. But a cool little fun fact on this is uh, Rich Robinson got his first guitar when he was 15 and wrote the music for this song at age 17. Wow. Think oh, about shit. that, you know? Yeah. Think shit. about that. Um, Great fucking song, though. Yeah. Really good. Um, yeah, so track nine, Strutton Blues. So by this time, I was starting to realize that this album could do no wrong for me because I love the guitars and I love the style and the sound of all of the music unconditionally. These guys were bringing it the way I like it. So didn't matter if it was a hit song or it wasn't a hit song. It wasn't like when we got to sport the Woody and it was just awful. <laughs> uh, it was just great. Oh, it was great. God. This song is not a hit, but it's a killer jam. The music is thick as fuck. It's full of every bell and whistle musically and Rolling Stones wise that I just crave in music. So I loved it. I thought it was a fucking great song. Hey, you got here's a rocker. Uh, nothing against it, but it seems a little more mainstream rock than the other songs. Um, nice organ solo before the second verse and great guitar weaving in between the uh, left and right side guitars. Uh, good guitar solo at the end. Uh, yeah, it's kind of the, uh, you know, song's okay. Not one of the best, but still okay. 
Yeah, it's one of the ones that you would have to take off the album to make it perfect, but mm-hmm. it it's fine. It fits the album wonderfully. No way. No way. Uh, Ed, tell us why I this think... should have been the single on MTV. It definitely shouldn't have been the single, but I think it's it's it had to be on the album. I think it's a change of pace song because I think just it it doesn't sound like the rest of the songs, but it does. It's 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 a really good rock tune with blues heavy blues influence. The tone of the guitars I really enjoy. I like the staccato playing of it um, compared to the rest of the instruments. I think it's 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 not that just dirty blues. Let's repeat repeat the formula. I think it was just it was a nice change of pace. It was another song for me where I was like, okay, this works to break up what I'm feeling is monotonous, right, on this album. So, but with the three songs I'm talking about in particular, number nine, number ten, and what was the the other one? Seen things. So these are great songs that fit the album. The only difference is, unlike the song, uh, I could have been so blind, whatever it was. Uh, could I have been so blind? That's kind of like these other three tracks. The only difference is they took the time to write the chorus that stands up to the album. And that's where these three tracks missed is the chorus didn't elevate the song up to the level of the rest of the album. Didn't mean I didn't like the songs. No, and I get the point you're trying to make. Yeah. The difference, though, is I think the those other songs, except for the next song that we're going to discuss, uh, so seeing things in this song, I think the songs are better overall than could have could I have been so blind because it would that I could have been could I have been. Ugh. Yeah. I know like it's Jesse hard. Now. It's hard. It's hard. We get it. Oh, it was a late. It was a late night. Uh, could I have been so blind is the, the, the redeeming point of that song is, is the, the chorus. chorus and that's yes. it. Everything else. You're just like, Oh, I think it's a garbage song other than yes. the chorus. Whereas yes. the other two songs, seeing things and uh strut and blues is it, I think they're good songs. They're not great songs, but they're good songs. I agree. But that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm only being, I'm just saying if we wanted to turn this into a hundred watt album, those songs would need a chorus that was as good as could I have been blind or whatever the fuck it's called. Fee, what do you got? Let's see. This one was, uh, I I love this song. I think it's, I think it's great. Another high energy, you know, place on this and it's nice, nice position on the album coming out of the real mellow. She talks to angels and then, just rocking right into this one. I think it's fucking amazing. Uh, one of the cool things reading up on this was there was an interview with Rich Robinson and they asked, they said, uh, did anything surprise you when you guys were kind of putting together all this stuff for the 30th anniversary? And, and, and one of the first things he said, he's like, you know, I hadn't listened to the album in like 20, 25 years, which I found some of us kind of saying that on the show, you know, like hadn't really listened to these guys since like 1990, you know? And, um, and, he said this was the one song that he really found a new appreciation for on the whole album, you know, of all of their work. He was like, this song really was just like, wow, this, this is the the one track I find a new appreciation for and really enjoyed on the, on the entire album. So yeah, it was really good. It was really good. Yeah, We're all saying the same thing here. It's really good. Totally. Uh, Track 10, stare it cold. 
So again, this isn't a hit song, but it's everything I love about music. And I keep saying that. So I'm going to stray off this song for a minute just to let everybody in on another band that you have to go listen to. Um, they're from Boston. They're no longer together. Um, it reminds me of a band from the day from Boston that was called the Fighting Cocks. And these guys were all local guys. Um, and Slash actually wrote in a magazine, quote, they do not make rock and roll bands like this anymore. And they should have been famous. They should have been, they should have been the Black Crows. They should have been that big. That's how fucking good this band was. And I've been, uh, I've been. They should have changed their name. What are you talking? Fighting Cox, the best fucking name ever. <laughs> oh, you're such a magoo. So yeah, because that would have gone over huge in the PMRC time. The Fighting Cox. I mean, think about how cool that is. Two fucking roosters fighting to the death. I it's, agree. It's amazing. It's amazing. I agree. Um, but the so PMRC I've, is a problem. <laughs> I was luck. I've been lucky enough to write a couple of songs with the guitar player uh, Charlie, and he has actually played some organ and some guitar on a couple of my songs, which oh, I'm so grateful for. I mean, this guy is so far above me. He has no business playing music with the likes of me. Okay, so check it out if you like the Black Crows. Go on YouTube, type in the Fighting Cocks. You can find their music. Fee, I suggest you go listen to it. I know you'll love it. It's really good. So yeah, and I love this track as well. So not to ramble on about the fighting cocks, but I feel like uh, they deserve it. Dave, what do you think of the song? And have you ever heard the fighting cocks? I have not heard the fighting cocks. I'm going to have to go check them out. But it is an excellent brand of whiskey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so for Stare It Cold here, we got some uh, more open-tuning Telecaster. It sounds great. A little country rock stomping. Uh, nice slide guitar. Cool guitar breakdown. And then we have our gospel Blues Brothers spiritual ending, which is very cool. A uh, great ending to the album. Um, and then, uh, depending on the version you have, there's a little tacked-on bonus track. Um that I, I felt like was kind of unnecessary, you know, or they could have moved it somewhere to the middle of the album. Uh, but, you know, that that was sort of okay. But, yeah, Sterical, good song. Yeah, really cool. Uh, Ed, what do you got? Ed is listening Ugh. to Fighting Cocks, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was looking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a decent song, but, oh, this is so uneventful. This is I'm absolutely bored of this sound at this point on the album. But I is just, it Chris Robinson you're bored of or the sound of the whole album? No, it's it's the sound of the songs. Like I feel the music is just it's I don't know if it's the same tones or style or whatnot, but it just sounds like so many other songs that I've heard. It just it bored me. I didn't really love it. Uh, it actually, this, this song specifically, it sounds messy and disorganized to me. Mm. Like there were sections where I'm like, I don't know. It just, I didn't like the flow. Uh, and, and the song ends the album poorly. It just, I wish this song was just not on the album at all. Yeah. I, I think it would have been fun for this one. And I know it kind of breaks the rule, but wouldn't it have been cool if they had ended this album on She Talks to Angels? Oh yeah, like a credit roll at the end of a movie. Like I know you like to on a banger, but with this one, man, it would have just left you with like a, a 
the feels, you know, like, oh, I love the Black uh, Flag. You know, yeah. you know what? There's something to that, Des, because I wish I could remember the band in the concert that I went to where, like, it was tons of high energy, and then they come out for the encore back when dan- bands played encores, and they ended with a ballad. And I went, who ends with a ballad? And I walked out of there going, you know what? I kind of feel good that they ended with a ballad. Like, like I'm not like stressed out, especially when you get herded like cattle trying to get out of a venue. I was like, oh, I'm kind of calm. I feel good. You know what? I kind of like them ending with a ballad. I don't know. So, yeah, I think it might have been a good idea, Des, ending it with She Talks to Angels. Um, I actually got that idea. Now, thinking back, uh, one of our earlier shows, one of our listeners, uh, Mark, had written to me and said something similar about one of the albums we broke down and how, you know, he felt the end track, which was a slow track like this, felt like the ending credits to a movie. So I can't take uh, credit for that. I won't plagiarize him like I plagiarized my wife. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. What do you got? Uh, not much on this. I'm kind of with you guys. Like going out on Strut and Blues, I think would have been like, yes, you know. Uh, but it's a good song. Like I don't, you know, I've, I've seen them play it live. It's it's fun, you know, like it, it, they're a good time. They're a good time live. If you haven't seen them, you must absolutely must. Cool. But yeah, just, just okay. And, uh, I'm with Dave on this chicken cock bourbon is amazing. Yeah. Really good. Guys making me want to start drinking again. Yeah, you should probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now it is time to release the bonus track. The Bonus track. <laughs> this week's bonus track was requested by a longtime listener and relative of the show, Matt Delarusso. Matt writes, guys, I would love to hear you break down Hate by the Pixies. So your wish is my command. Matt, I will break it down for you right now. Uh, the simple bass and sparing use of drums linked to this simple guitar layered with this absolutely simple, unbelievably cool stylistic vocal and killer lyrics. This is simple songwriting done right. I fucking love this song. 86.2 watts. It's the fucking Pixies. It's fucking cool. And if you come in under 80 watts, you're a fucking Magoo. Uh, you are not going to like me, Des. Or dude, me. How can you fucking... Nope. What is wrong with you people? This is fucking great. God, God the submarine is sinking to the bottom. <sighs> okay, Dave, t- tell us about your feelings on uh, this song. Oh, boy. Uh, I Ooh, boy. hate this from the beginning. Oh, God. Um, really good sounding guitar, bass, and drums. Very well recorded. Uh, This could be good with real lyrics. Uh, Seems self-indulgent. The most prevalent lyric in the song is, we're chained. Uh, These motherfuckers should be chained chained in a basement somewhere and not be allowed to make an album. I'm sorry, Des. Yuck. Um, Melody is actually kind of good. A punch up in writing and a better singer would make this a good song. My score is 39. No, no, different singer. It's not the Pixies. I think I don't like the Pixies. <laughs> and and the thing, and 
No, the music's not recorded good. That's what's the charm of it. The recording is like a fucking Tascam 4 track. That's what makes it so great. It sounds good, though. I don't know. Okay. And, I don't know nothing. Fee, I don't I'm know, actually, I don't know yeah. what Fee's going to say. I'm very excited to see where this is going. Ed, go. No, you're not, because I agree with you. Like, the tone is good. All the instruments record were recorded well, so your Tascam... Fucking theory is out the fucking no window. No way. These are not recorded well. This is fucking like They're raw. just terrible songs. Oh. This song doesn't make sense to me at all. It's like it starts to get a rhythm and then I don't know what the fuck happens. Then all of a sudden the bass is playing. I'm like, okay, well, here's a groove. And then all of a sudden it's like sporadic melody and music just thrown in. It It's... Oh, it, what the fuck? Fuck, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, and I get it. I know a ton of people that love the Pixies, and I'm like, I just, I don't know. There needs to be a groove for me to really appreciate a song, and there is zero groove. It, it's, it's, I think it's like a garage band full of amateurs that said, we just wrote a song, check it out, man. And then they cut out this. <laughs> that, but that's what it is. You're missing the sucks. charm. No, because the fucking thing is... fucking terrible. No, because the difference is you get a room full of amateurs that write this like raw demo and the songwriting is bad. And you're like, yeah, great. You suck. This is fucking genius writing. It's really good. Okay, B, talk about no, it. No, not even close. My Oh, by the way, my yeah. score, oh, 35. 35, 35, okay. 30, yeah, there's a 35. That's what it is. Pete, go ahead. And, and Dave, what did you say it was? Uh, mine was 39. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you, I think I may have scored. I, I, I was thinking I might have scored this too too high coming in, and now I know I did not score it too high. Um, I like a couple of tracks by the Pixies, like Wave of Mutilation and Here Comes Your Man, you know, like stuff like that. Um, yeah, Here Comes Your Man. That I like that song. That's a good song. Great song, you know. Um, and, you know, I, I know my brother and I have, like, we have a lot of similar interests in music. and But, like, I like some Pixie songs. I'm sure those tracks by the Pixies are ones that he doesn't like. You know what I mean? Like, we just, we just kind of vary that way. And, um, but... And I, and I saw them open up for the, for Weezer one time. And I was so excited to see them open for Weezer because I didn't, you know, like I didn't know what to expect. I only know a couple of tracks by Pixies. I wanted to fucking go deaf by like the third song into the thing. Like I couldn't stand them, you know, couldn't stand Pixies at all. So, um, but Hey, because I know they have a couple of good tracks. I gave this song a 40, 40 Watts. That's fair. I'm not a huge Pixies fan. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I listen to Pixies every... I don't. I don't. You gave them an 86.2 for this song. No, no. I gave this song an 86.2 because this is a fuck... Dude, this is like... um, This is like... uh, I want to do the sun. I want to go... It's fucking... It's great. It's great. It's great. And what makes it great is how simple it is and how raw it is and the vocals and the way they sprinkle in these drums and pull them out and this great bass line and this guitar track. And it feels like it's literally four tracks of music that are delivering just dirt. And I like it. This is one of my favorite Pixie songs. This is one that I will love to listen to over and over. Really good. So great pick, Matt. I'm sorry that my three co-hosts didn't see it the way we saw it. I wonder what he would think, what his 
score would be. Fee, could you take I'll a guess? Him. Okay. I, uh, Fee, does your brother have uh, a full lush head of hair? Uh, kind of. He did. I don't know. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. He, he lives in Austin. I, I kind of so, picture him yeah. with like this big lush head of hair fucking listening yeah. to the Pixies and like. Yeah, they fucking... definitely had different hair. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we had different dads, so yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so Ed, will you please calculate those scores and tell us how many watts this is pushing? All right, uh, I think this is pushing way too many watts at this score. Oh, fuck. and this is pushing 50.05 watts. That's fine, it's a little better than average, right. Um, I don't even think that song is average. I think you need to listen to it again. Uh, Dave, will you please calculate? Well, it's been calculated. Will you please tell us where that lands it on the breaking vinyl wall of fame? You're muted. I'm going to put the crickets in there. <laughs> Sorry about that. Trying what do you to, think you mean? Trying to, trying to keep the noise away. Uh, it is number 12 on the chart, uh, just under Iron Maiden's Reach Out, and just over Halong's Krig's Galder. Okay, so this is better than Halong's Krig Galder. And it's also so. a thousand times better than that shitty Iron Maiden song. And uh, No way. At least that, that's a song. Yep. Is that Asia song still on the chart? Yeah, it sure is. Number six. Number yeah. six, guys. Oh. I have, an Asia, I have an Asia story for you. Okay, let's hear it. So last night I went to go see Frankie Valley because my friend Basil plays guitar for him. Oh, cool. And he gets us these great tickets and this guy comes and sits next to us and the guy happens to be a music manager and he manages Asia. He also, even though they haven't done anything since 2019, he also manages uh, uh, Vanilla Fudge. Oh, and specifically wow. Carmine Apice, or a piece, depending on which brother you're talking to, I guess. What did you say his last name was again? Can we get that again? Apice or a piece, because a they piece. both, they, they I agree, but they both pronounce it differently, whether it's Vinny or Carmine that you're talking to. Okay. Or so I'm told. Okay. But okay. yeah, I was like, what are the odds that this dude friggin' sitting next to me manages Asia? <laughs> that's, that, that's cool. I mean, fuck, <laughs> right? I love your buddy's <laughs> name. What's what's your buddy's name again? The guitar Who? player? Your guitar player, your buddy. Oh, Basil. Basil, great name. Basil. Yeah, Basil Fung. I like that. I like I bet he gets laid a lot with a name like that. His his wife is smoking hot and she is a phenomenal person. Love cool. her to death. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> All right, um, so Matt, you have been immortalized on the breaking vinyl wall of fame in the number 12 spot with the Pixies. Okay, let's uh, quickly just finish this thing up. Favorite track uh, for me, She Talks to Angels, fucking phenomenal. Uh, track I would cut would be Thick and Thin. Uh, Dave, what do you got? Uh, hard to pick a favorite track. She Talks to Angels is great. Twice as hard as Badass and Hard to Handle. Has one of the greatest, tastiest guitar solos, even though it was not played by a member of the band. Uh, twice as hard, I guess, uh, since it's one of their originals and it rips. Uh, I would cut Strutton Blues. It's not bad. Um, 
just not great. Seems like a filler. They would have been fine without it. Sorry. <laughs> right. Cool. Um, Ed, same question. Uh, I'm with you, Des. She talks to angels. My favorite song on the album. Phenomenal song. Uh, track I would cut. Stare it cold. I think it's a garbage song. Okay. That's uh, <laughs> a little harsh. Fee, what do you got? <laughs> How the fuck do you cut thick and thin? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I had to cut How? one. I didn't want to cut it. Oh my god. I didn't oh, want to worse. cut it. Terrible. Terrible. All right. All right. I'll 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 accept that. Uh, favorite track. I'm with Dave. Twice as hard. Just rips on this album. So good. And I would cut stare it cold. Mm. But nothing. Okay. I don't. I don't want to cut anything. But, but yeah, I mean, feet, pick any of the three songs I talked about, and you could cut any one of them. I just had to pick one, so I threw a dart. It wasn't that I didn't like the song. Okay, okay. Uh, we're gonna throw someone out. We're gonna bring someone in. For me, it's gonna be Chris Robinson. He's out, and a young Mick Jagger is in. I know it's pretty fucking transparent, but that's how I felt. Dave, uh, mm. okay, what do you got? Uh, Jeff Cease on guitar seems to be the weak point here. This was his only album with them. They dumped his ass shortly after and got uh, another guy. I think it was Mark Ford. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Um, so we can look. put in Ron Wood. Uh, if sure. that's too, if that's too easy, uh, how about Rick Richards from the Georgia satellites and who yes. also Ooh. played, uh, Rick Richards, he also played lead guitar on what was also a great throwback sort of album from the time, Izzy Stradlin and the Juju Hounds. Uh, he is a great lead and slide player. Yeah. He would have been excellent in the Crows. A hundred percent. Those are all really good. Really good. Uh, Ed? Uh, as much as I like his guitar playing, I would have gotten rid of Rich Robinson because I feel he was just too much on the album and too similar with what he plays all the time. And I would replace him with Robert Cray. All right. I think you need to take a nap. Fee, what do you got? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's his album. We're going to kick Rich Robinson off the fucking Black Rose album. I would. Yep. <laughs> okay. He's too, he just, I don't know, something about him drives me nuts. You look you tired. Chris Robinson off the Black Crows album. What the fuck? Like, right. What's wrong with the movie? But I'm the asshole from kicking out the right. guitar player. Right. But I replaced him with Mick Jagger. <laughs> okay. And I replaced him with one of the greatest blues friggin' guitar player artists ever. Who was right. it again? Where, did, where, where do we know him from? Robert, Robert Cray. Cray. The blues. From where? You know him from the blues. You know him from, literally, when you look up blues, it's Robert Cray. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fee. Go ahead. Um, one of the things we didn't talk about, like I think everyone at some point talked about the vocals and how great or not great they were. We talked about the guitars and how great or not great they were. And we talked about the drums at one point, even how some of the drum fills were pretty good on this. But we didn't talk about the bass at all. So I replaced Steve Gorman with uh, Bill Wyman. That's so. fine. That's fine. I like it a lot. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So uh, let's just do final thoughts. We'll give this sucker a score and we'll immortalize it on the chart. My final thought. Uh, this album has everything on it that I love about music. I love every track for one reason or another. If I had one critique, it would be that I wish Chris Robinson had changed it up just a little bit stylistically here and there. But he was onto something that was working and went with it. And I can't fault him for that. This album is pushing a solid 90.01 watts. It's 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 in the 90s. It has to be. Just barely. It just squeaked in. It squeaked in. Uh, Dave, what do you got? 
All right. Well, yeah, we uh, we sort of uh, uh, fell down a little bit by not, uh, you know, Fee mentioned it, by not uh, praising Johnny Colt and his kick-ass bass playing on this mm. album. It is very solid, cool bass fills. Um, you know, sorry we didn't uh, touch on that, but uh, it's definitely, definitely very solid bass playing. Um, we mentioned Bar Band earlier. Uh, fun fact, um, I had heard um, Pat, who we had uh, guested on our Junkyard episode. He was on the uh, Ricky Rackman podcast, and he told the story about um, when Junkyard was out. Actually, the Black Crows were opening for them when they first came out. And they went on tour, and they got bigger and bigger. By the end of the tour, the Black Crows were huge. Um, so I just thought that was pretty funny. That is uh, cool. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Chris Robinson claims the album was recorded very sober uh, simply because they couldn't afford booze or drugs. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, the Sorry. album is great with no real clunkers. Uh, obviously, they went on to have a pretty successful career over a long number of years. They're still out there doing it today. This may be my favorite album from them because it mixes the classic with a little bit of flavor of the time, the late 80s, early 90s. My score is 80. Nice. I like it. Ed, what do you got? Is what? I missed the score. 80. 80. I wanted to just say real quick for anybody who's listened to the Junkyard podcast that we did and doesn't know the story behind it. We had technical difficulties beyond belief. And for mm -hmm. most of the podcast, Dave couldn't even hear Patrick and Patrick couldn't hear Dave. So I was relaying the questions and answers. And it took me about 15. There's no exaggeration. It took me about 15 hours to edit that show. Um, the, the server crashed. It was a disaster. So you might think, oh, I wonder why it sounded like that. It sounds great. We almost didn't have a podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, and Patrick was like fucking coming to us from like a bunker with no um, internet access. I mean, it's a miracle. We got what we got there. Yeah. So, and, and he, he was great was, too, man. Yeah. He, he was, was really nice cool. to be patient with us and we yes. should do a uh, do over with another junkyard album sometime. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he probably won't come on the show again. Um, <laughs> Ed, go ahead. Uh, you know what? There's a quote um, that I think sums this up best. Mark Coleman called Shake Your Money Maker the kind of streamlined, super tight groove album that bar band dreams are made of. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really agree with that. Uh, you know, because that's my vibe with this. It's that I'm sitting, I listen to this in other than She Talks to Angels, which I think is just next level song. I feel like I'm in a bar listening to a band in the best way. However, because just for the album, I think just, I think too many things sounded similar song to song. And for that, I had to give it a 75.6 watts. Great nice. album. Love it all, but it it wasn't. I guess I was hoping that what I didn't hear were better songs than right. what I heard. Fair yeah. enough, and for what I was expecting. You got so Ed. You might want to get a hotel the next time you come out because if I tell my wife you rated it the lowest on the show, ah. she's gonna murder you in your fucking sleep. <laughs> so, well, uh, I don't know that that might be a bit of a turn on. So I don't know. I might be okay with that. <laughs> okay now i'm wondering what's going on in fucking the hotel rooms on these road trips okay hey you never know 
Oh God! Uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to go back like to the beginning the of the show. Earlier question. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, Dave literally is making. Faces I'm a dribbler. Like, How's that work? Oh God! I think oh. we all just assumed. <laughs> like a leaky faucet. Ed needs a plumber. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I. I kind of forgot how great this album was overall as a, as a, as a work. I, you know, I chose it because when you talk to Black Crow's fans, most think Southern Harmony is a better album than this. And after giving them both a listen, I, I disagree. I think this is a much better album than Southern Harmony for me. Uh, overall, I love it. I gave it a 93. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful scores. Um, Ed, please calculate the scores. Tell us how many watts this album is pushed. Fee, I already forgot how much I love the album before listening to it. <laughs> uh, so, you know what? This is a respectable score, and in, in, I actually agree with the score. Uh, so, <clears throat> Shake Your Moneymaker by the Black Crows is pushing a well-deserved 84.65 watts. Nice. I like it I think lot. that's where it belongs. I do, too. Yep. Hey, mm-hmm. where yep. where do you put this on the uh, breaking vinyl chart? This ranks at number six, uh, just below Alice Cooper's "Welcome to My Nightmare" and just above Huey Lewis and the News Sports. Hmm. Different genre, but it's fine. It's in good company. Mm-hmm. I would probably yeah. listen to this before I would listen to either one of those records, um, just Definitely. for enjoyment and entertainment. Okay, huh. so this is. The moment everybody has been waiting for. This is the time of the month that all of our fans love so much. It is my pick. This is where we're all going to find out what album we'll be listening to all week. Um, okay, so this band was the blueprint for so many bands to follow. This band was putting on live shows that would rival Guns N' Roses at the Ritz long before Guns N' Roses even existed. The guitar player was flat out ripped off for his look, his style, his riffs, his licks by everybody from Izzy Stradlin to Tracy Guns. Maybe the greatest fucking sleaze badass guitar player of all times. This singer, this saxophone playing, harp playing, ass kicking singer is maybe one of the most underrated singers of all times. Dave, can you tell me what band I'm talking about? You are talking, my best guess. I'm just shot in the dark here. Um, Hanoi Rocks. You are correct, sir. I am speaking of Hanoi Rocks. Oh, my God. You don't know (laughs) shit. I bet you couldn't listen to one song. Um, I I can't. I I remember. Go ahead. Finish your Okay, so the album we will be doing will be Hanoi Rocks, Two Steps from the Move. This album is fucking, oh, it's so fucking good. And you all need to... Before you listen to one note of this, you need to go on and YouTube Hanoi Rocks at a small club they played uh, across the sea. I don't remember this. I don't remember the name of the club, but this is you watch this video and you actually are watching Guns N' Roses live at the Ritz before it ever happened. Oh. I think it's the uh, Marquee Club. You're right. You yeah. are absolutely right. So London. YouTube Hanoi Rocks. <clears throat> Hanoi Rocks. I'm sorry. I'm excited at the marquee club and watch this before you listen to the album. That is homework, Ed and fee, and then listen to the album. All Holy right. Shit. So there you go, everybody. Uh, um, last night we did love actually on, Hey, did you ever see that movie? 
oh god i was so inappropriate <laughs> fucking so bad um i'm sure i offended a bunch of people today my wife but you know what i don't give a fuck it's fucking I'm guessing the female is. audience went way down for that too yeah the, the rule, oh my god the, the rule is is fucking take it as it comes Wait, so that's what, um, <laughs> I think you might rephrase that. <laughs> Take it like a fucking dirty green pie. Until next week, oh, I just have until next week. Take the record out of the sleeve and let the music breathe. See you next time, guys. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. Later. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs>